You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. through Psalm 97 1. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and is highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. He judges the peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them celebrate. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his faithfulness. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coasts and islands be glad. This is the word of the Lord. If you're just joining us and you don't know what we've been covering, I want to encourage you. uh, You can leave here today, go to our podcast, go to our website and, and, and just sort of follow along. Even if you don't listen to all the sermons, you can at least maybe hear the scriptures that we've read and sort of the, the ideas of where we've gone each week. But what we've learned is that God's got a purpose. He created us on purpose, for a purpose, and He's got a good design for your family. You may think, well, I haven't seen it. I don't, you don't know my family. You're right, I don't know your family. Uh, I know my family. And I've seen God work in my family, and I've seen God work in other families, and I know what the Bible is. We've, we've looked at this idea of thriving, and we've thought about a vine. And we thought about a vine that is attached to a trellis. If you're going to thrive, if a vine is going to grow, fulfill its purpose to, to produce fruit and to thrive, it needs to be attached to the trellis. And we've looked at all the different things that represent the trellis that God has given to us, his words, his commands, his purposes in life. And so we come here and we realize that his plans with his creation, that when he creates Adam and Eve and when he creates your family, his desire is to begin a drumbeat in your life. A drumbeat that sets the pattern for your life to thrive. Not a drumbeat to get you off course to death. That's a different beat of a different drummer. And all of us give in to that. And so God comes to the rescue. He sends Christ. This was last week we talked about Ephesians 2. That He's made us alive and He's made us alive on purpose, for purpose, his workmanship, and when he makes us alive, he wants to use us. He wants to put us out into play as his workmanship called beforehand to do good works. Not an accident that you were saved. 
God's plan to rescue you, to put in you a drumbeat like the puckets have. Boom, 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 boom. Let's go. We got, we got things to do. We got stuff to go and people to reach. And so what we look at today is that thriving families embrace God's mission. Thriving families are families that will and are committed to engage others. So let's start with this. We're going to look at what it is God's mission what is he all about? And we see, and we're going to actually start in the New Testament, we see quite clearly that God's mission is very clear. We start with maybe what is the most famous of scriptures about God's mission. We see in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. And, and before we read that, we, we, before we listen to the drumbeat as we begin in Matthew 28. We see this first drumbeat in Matthew 28 is, and it begins with Jesus talking to his followers. Now those who are with Jesus at this time are truly those who are looking and who are amazed of who Jesus is. Why do I say that? Because this is a point when Jesus had come for God so loved the world that he sent his son and he sent his son. His son lived, modeled for us how we ought to live. And then he gave his life. We celebrated it last week with communion. He gave his life. He shed his blood to wash your sins, to make you new, to, to, to buy and declare you righteous in Christ. And then with all of that happening, he rose again three days later. And he's about to ascend to the Father. Now, what do you tell a people before you ascend to the Father? What's your last thing that you could say to somebody? It's probably going to be the most important thing that you can say to somebody. God's Son comes. He lives. He dies. He's got one more thing to say. You've got to know that it matters. So here's the drumbeat. Here's what he says. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Of where? All nations. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember... I'm with you always to the end of the age. I think this is quite amazing if you think about the context. Jesus says this as he ascends to heaven. He is saying to those with him, I want you to go not just to Jewish people. I've got a drumbeat. I've got a heartbeat for those who are outside of this place. He does not say... I want you to claim Jerusalem and stay in Jerusalem, protect Jerusalem, defend Jerusalem. I want you to launch from Jerusalem everywhere. I love this. Jesus isn't against patriotism. He's not against being a faithful, loyal citizen. I don't think he would object to us saying the Pledge of Allegiance as, as participants of a country that's, been, that's free... However, what we don't see in this text is Jesus saying, okay, everybody cover your heart. I want your lives and everything about your lives to be about your country. No, I want you to think bigger. 
I want you to think that there's something much bigger for you. I've created for you to not worship idols in any way, but I've created for you to so love the Lord your God that you will say, yes, I will go to even South Asia. What Jesus is against is being so stuck in ourselves, in our safety, in our comfort, that we fail to hear the command that's very clear in Matthew to go. Go. Go to them. Go out to them. We see the drumbeat continue in Mark 16. Here's the way Mark records it in verses 15 and 16. Then he said to them, go into all the world and preach. Preach the gospel. Go to all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. There's a mission I have for you to go. There's a mission I have for you to think outside of your your box, outside of your city, outside of your neighborhood, outside of your house. I want you to go to them. Then we see the drumbeat continue in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. Now that's important. That's foreign. I never heard that before. I never heard it in a way that's about to be applied to them. So, God, you're, you're telling me, Jesus, you're telling me that you're about to empower me with the Holy Spirit. You're about to empower me with the Holy Spirit to do what? You're about to empower me with the Holy Spirit so that I can... Go to school? You're about to power me with the Holy Spirit so that I can raise a good, safe, comfortable family and give all my affections to the cowboys? You will receive the power, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, where you are, Judea and Samaria, the next circle out, and to the ends of the earth. You just hear the drumbeat. It continues. Now, we're going to look at a text. It's a long text. I apologize for it, but it's so good, so important. We read it. We go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want you to turn there, and I want you to look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want you to hear the drumbeat continue. This is Paul writing to Corinth. Just so that we're clear what the mission of God is in bringing you to salvation. Verse 11 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul writes, Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your consciences. We're not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to be proud of us so that you may have a reply to those who take pride in outward appearances rather than in the heart. Listen, to, look at verse 13. For if we are out of our mind, it is for God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. What Paul's saying, he's writing this letter to Corinth who cared a lot about order, who cared a lot about prestige, who cared a lot about looking good and presenting well and making sure that their 
in with the crowd and connecting well with everybody that they don't look foolish. And Paul is saying, it's time for you to look foolish. In fact, if we're out of our mind, it's because we're so consumed with God. And it goes on to verse 13. Well, verse 13, it goes on to verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. He doesn't stop there. From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You're hearing the link to Adam and Eve and Imago Dei and the image of Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and then has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us to Him, and then He imparts to us a ministry to go reconcile others to Him. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world, verse 19, to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and He has committed the message of reconciliation to us, church, to us. Verse 20, therefore, we, Paul's including the Corinthians in here. And if you knew anything about the Corinthian church, the reality that he would say we here is a lot of grace. We are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This drumbeat from Christ we see in all this is we're out of our minds. We're not to worry. We're not to fix our eyes on earthly things. We're not to see things the way people see things, the way social media sees things. We're supposed to look at people differently. We're supposed to see them and think about them differently. We're supposed to either see them as saved people by the grace of God or unsaved people and facing the wrath of God. And there's us. We're seeing them. And God gives to us a mission as saved people. Go to them. It's quite clear that Jesus came to save us. It's quite clear that He came to save us to be His workmen, to launch us into His mission. And His mission is quite clear. The drumbeat is very clear. Go tell the people the good news. Now, if you're like me, you're listening to all this, and you're saying, Jason, you're, you're tricking us. You said this was a series about the family. And you're making it about missions. Why are you doing it? You're just trying to spin uh, a discipline of the church. You're trying to spin some practices of the church, and you're trying to connect the family to it in some way. I would say if that's you and you've thought that, then you're probably just joining us today and not heard the whole series which is okay. 
But the whole point of thriving and doing God's good design as a family is to live according to his purposes. So what we're going to do is we're going to see that, yes, this is the drumbeat that we see in Jesus, passed on to Paul, passed on to the church, passed on to us, passed on to the puckets. We're going to see that this drumbeat began way, way, way back at the beginning. Let's turn, if you would, back to where we started. We see where we started in Deuteronomy chapter 4. You don't actually have to turn there. But in Deuteronomy, what we see in Adam and Eve, we, we talked about at uh, the Imago Day that God created us in His image in Genesis um, chapter 1 and then chapter 2. He gave them a wife and they were supposed to thrive imaging God. Meaning that Adam was supposed to image God to Eve. Eve was supposed to image God to her husband. And they were supposed to be reflecting God so that the closer they got to God, the closer they would get to each other. And there was this holy union between God and their creation and what was going on. And the purpose was to magnify the beauty of God. And then we see that we learn that bad things happen. Instead of wanting to know God, we wanted to know what it was like to be God. And Adam and Eve gave in to the lies of the serpent. They lost their love. Their family stopped thriving. God came to the rescue, helped them, covered them. And then finally we see in Deuteronomy chapter 4 through 6, we spent some time on here, some instructions. Here's your trellis. Here's how you get back attached. Here's how you stay attached to, as a vine to what I have for you. And then we come to Deuteronomy 6. And he says, this sort of sums it all up. Verse 4, listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. He gives this instruction to the leaders of the family, then he says, go, repeat them to your children. And let their children, repeat them to their children. Let it be noticeable that your home, your house, is all about loving God with everything you have. Let it be seen and let it be known that your family is reflecting and imaging God because you love Him so much. We fast forward that all the way to Mark chapter 12 and we see Jesus say the same thing. He was approached and said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? You notice in this text, he does not say, go to the nations. In Mark 12, he says that later, when Jesus is asked what's the most important question, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6. He says the most important is listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. He adds this. Love your neighbor as yourself. The drumbeat in the garden in Deuteronomy 4 through 6 and all the way to the New Testament is Love the Lord, image God, image God, image God. Everywhere you go, image God. It begins with love because it's important as we get to our text that we're looking at in Psalm 96 that Tori read. Parents, do you remember the day your child was born? 
Do you remember the day that you became a parent, whether it be that the birth of your child from your womb or maybe the day that you adopted that child and, and he or she came running into your arms or maybe reluctantly came to you, but you grabbed hold and you held that baby or you held that young one and you said, this is mine. I can't wait to, what, what's going on in your life, in your mind, in your emotions in that moment? It's, you are consumed with love. So there was this tradition, and I hate that it's gone. I didn't realize it was gone until I had my firstborn. But there was this tradition that the, the dads go and hand out cigars. Like they go buy cigars and they hand it out to people. And, and it was like to say, I'm so happy. In fact, there was this tradition, go back to even more than that, that men would run into the pub and run into the bars and they would say, drinks are on me. And I, I wondered what would happen if I, my children were born in Victoria, Texas, if I ran into the local bar by the hospital in the afternoon. <laughs> be like three people there. But it's an overflow. I can't help but to communicate how much love and how much joy I have and what just happened in my life. This is so true when we fall in love. I remember when I fell in love or really fell in deep infatuation with my wife. I was a junior, and I wasn't a junior yet. I was just going into my junior year in uh, high school, and uh, Kelly and I eventually started dating, and she gave me pictures. Now, back then, uh, giving you pictures wasn't, let me send you some pics. It was, here's something my parents paid for uh, and it's precious, and I can only give these away to a few people, and oh, I wish we'd get back to that. But anyway, I got these pictures from Kelly, and I had one on my dashboard, I had one next to my bed, I had one in my book, and you know, instead of studying and stuff, I would be looking at her eyes, I'd be gazing, I just, I couldn't help, and I dared, and in fact, I was even warning, like inviting people, ask me about this picture. People say, oh, that's, that's Kelly Walbrick. You know her? Yeah, I know her. It's my girl. She, she's dating you? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how amazing it is. This girl is dating me. Can you believe this? Why? Because I'm out of my mind. I'm in love. I want to share it with everybody I know. I want people to see my pictures. We do it with our kids. We do it with our sports teams. We tattoo ourselves. We say, I want the world to see what I represent. But I love where my passions are. We do this because we're out of our minds. Paul does this because what he says is Christ's love compels us. And what we see here in Psalm 96, what Tori read for us, which you're saying, Jason, this is our main text and you haven't even gone there yet. Yeah. But we won't be too long as I look at my watch. We see David overflowing. And his overflowing of the love of God says a lot to us. Listen to a man in love with God. Sing. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. One, just one important thing as a people who have been saved by the grace of God. If you are unhappy, week after week after week that we don't sing your song. Be careful what you love. Evaluate what it is you're idolizing. 
I love that David is saying, it's time for new stuff to be written. It's time for more to come. I want my people to sing new stuff, more stuff. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing new songs to the Lord. Declare, verse 3, His glory among the nations. And then he goes on and on. Verse 4 and 6, he tells the world that living and loving him is a supreme calling. It's not a wasted life, for the Lord is great. He's highly to be praised. But the Lord is made in heaven. Splendor, majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuaries. Verse 7, we see the calling to the families. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory of his name. What I love about this is David is not saying, pretend you know things about God. And, and saying, no, he's saying, this is who God is. He's worthy to talk about. He's worthy to sing about. Make sure your families are ascribing to him his worth, his glory. The word ascribe is the word you have, which means to attribute. He says, people, those of you who know him, speak about it, sing about it, talk about it, attribute to him, I'm sorry, attribute to him, to everybody else, his worth, his value, his glory. As you go, attribute to him the greatness and the splendor and the majesty of God. Verse 10, in fact, do it so much that you say it among the nations. The Lord reigns. Do you see here the drumbeat that we read in Matthew, we read in Mark, we read in Acts, we read in 2 Corinthians, connected with the story of creation, connected with the trellis that he gives us in Deuteronomy 6, connected with a man who is a king of a people saying, the purpose of God is that he's rescued us so that we can declare him. The drumbeat has always been God rescues and he launches us to attribute him, his worth and his glory to others. And I love in this text, verse 11, and then in verse 1 of 97, we see, let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them celebrate. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy. And look at verse 1 of 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coasts, another translation may say, the coastlands be glad. Let the islands be glad. This drumbeat in David, where did it come from? You might be here saying, how can I have that kind of drumbeat? I wasn't there with Jesus when he said that. I don't have that kind of drumbeat. I wasn't there when Paul gave his life. I wasn't in Corinth. I'm just here in Salado at this place. How do I get that kind of drumbeat? Well, we go back to the story of David in 1 Chronicles. We know where this came from. We're not going to read the whole chapter of Chronicles, but we see in 1 Chronicles 16... David is simply a man that has stepped into what God has already promised him. And he is overflowing with gratitude. He was 
told he was going to be king. He was ordained and anointed to be king. And then he was on the run. He was hiding in caves and seemed like everybody was against him. He did not seem, he did not feel like he and his family were thriving. But at God's appointed time, in God's appointed place, in God's appointed way, he said, now's the time, David. And David takes to the place that is his as a king. God appointed him. He brings the Ark of the Covenant back into his land. And then we have in verse 7 of chapter 16 of 1 Chronicles, almost the exact psalm that we read in 96. In verse 7 it says, On the day that David decreed, on that day David decreed for the first time that thanks be given to the Lord by Asaph and his relatives. He's so moved by God about what it feels like to be rescued, to be redeemed, to be saved, that he says, families, we will worship the Lord. And here's what worship of the Lord looks like. Then he gives us these verses that was read earlier by Puckett. Actually, Puckett read later. But look with me in verse 8. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Proclaim his deeds among all the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell about all his wondrous works. Honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember his wondrous works he has done. His wonders and judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Israel, his servants. So here's how we apply what God has done to make the drum beat louder in our lives. We're going to look at these opposite than the way they're written. Really the way we experience it. In verse 12, remember his wondrous works. If you're having a hard time connecting what God did for you to having a love for him and telling others, first thing we need to do, number one, take time to remember what God has done for you. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders, the judgments he has pronounced. Do you take time every morning and every evening just to be still and remember the wondrous works of God? If you don't, then the drumbeat of God's going to be smaller and smaller, fainter and fainter. Because God makes that drum beat loud in a life like Tori's because she reflects on what God did. I remember what God did when I was 12. I remember what God did with my family here. I remember what's going on here. And the drum beat got so loud that she's now going. Remember the work of Christ in your life, what he saved you from. Paul put it this way, Christ's love compels me. Remember his work. Verse 11, we see the next thing is we should seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. If the drumbeat for missions or going to engage others is not in your family, then it's very clear. It's probably obvious that your family is marching to the beat of a different drummer. It's probably obvious that you're not in sync with his drumbeat, which means you're probably not spending time seeking the Lord. Remembering his ways, 
Secondly, just seeking Him, His face. Not just, God, what can you give me? God, I want to know you. I want to know you. At our church, we call that, we want to encounter God. No one who encounters God on a daily basis or once, first time in their life, remains the same. So we are praying. Remember God's work. We're asking and imploring you to seek the Lord, encounter God. And then we see, verse 10, a promotion of who he is, a talking about him. It says, honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those seek the Lord rejoice. What do you your family promote? What do you celebrate? David couldn't help but to promote the name of God, to celebrate God. What is it you're imaging as a family? If it's not God, then you need to spend time remembering, seeking him. Because the natural response would be to promote him. And then we see verses 8 and 9 be the overflow of all this. And that's the worship of God. David starts with it. Give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his deeds. Sing to him and all of his wondrous works. If we fast forward through this chapter, won't read the whole thing. The very end of the chapter, verse 43 It says, then all the people went home, and David returned home to bless his household. This is a calling of David to his nation, to his people. Think outside of the people here. Think about the world. Okay, before you can do that, think about the Lord. Seek him, remember him, and then let the overflow of that go to all of the nations. And then he goes home and says, I'm going to make sure my household gets this. Really simply put, church, the question is simple. Do you know God? Do you know Him in a way that you know who He is, that you're pursuing Him? And do you know Him in such a way that it's motivating you, like Paul, like Jesus, like David in these texts, that the overflow of that is, I can't help but to tell people about who I know. Do you know Him to the point that you love Him? If you don't, and you don't find the drumbeat of missions deep within you, pounding, like, i got to talk to somebody, i got to know what to do, then that's what you start with today. Just in our time, to say, Lord, I want to know you like that. I want to know you like David. I want to know you like Pastor Jason knows you, or Tori and her family. Now, I want to know you that way. Not that I'll go to South Asia. I just want to be able to go across the street talk to somebody i want to be able to go to the store when somebody says hey what's that cross doing on your necklace i don't want to be like running to my car oh man i should have tucked it in i didn't want to anybody see that i want to know you so much that it just comes out yeah he he saved me he loves me maybe that's where you are you just begin in just a second just say god help me to know you to the point that i love you with all my heart all my soul all my strength And really, guys, that's the essence of hearing the drum beat louder and louder in your life. If you want to know God's mission for your life, it starts with know God to the point of loving Him. And He'll pave it for you. 
Don't worry. Please don't worry about that. I don't want to go to South Asia. But if you know anything about the Puckets, you know that there was a day, if you heard their story, that they were not saved, right? I mean, your kids are here. You told my kids this so I can say to everybody. There was a day that, that Puckett says are just testimony building days. Days where you look back and go, this is when I was not saved. This is what God did. And now I am saved. And this goes back to last week. God made us alive and we just started saying yes to him. I love you. You saved me. I love you. You saved me. And next thing you know, the drumbeat gets louder and louder in your lives. Let me ask you, which drumbeat is loudest in your life today? It might be the drumbeat of a good career. Might be the drumbeat of a perfect family. It might be the drumbeat of a nice house. Might be the drumbeat of whatever. God wants the drumbeat to be about Him. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. He created man in His image to reflect Him. He created you and gave you life so that you are His workmanship, that you can say all of your days, I love Him. I love Him. I'll go anywhere. I love Him. Thank you.